Welcome to Zenergy, the interactive podcast providing resources for building a better life. I am Zenashe. I am a conduit, a coach, and a catalyst that launches humanity into greatness by accelerating mindset changes and replacing limitations with possibilities. And so today, um, I am here with a very like-minded individual, Gina Vincent, and she has um, a company called Exquisitely Aligned. And, you know, what drew me to her and her bio was that she said she is an escape artist. <laughs> and uh, I know that uh, many of us are in summer right now, and we are definitely looking for escape from our <laughs> nine to five. Uh, the ones that are lucky may be going on some beautiful, wonderful, sunny vacations and physically getting escape. But all of us can kind of mentally and emotionally escape at times and, and build that into our day, into our week, into our month. Um, and so I definitely wanted to invite her on so we could talk about this idea of escape and, and why we need it and why we need to escape from the things that are kind of pinning us in and, and limiting us and making us feel constricted and repressed and, and, and frustrated and so that we can actually feel free <laughs> and and feel happy and joyful about our lives. So I wanted to thank you for coming on with us thank today. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here and I'm smiling from ear to ear because we are like-minded and like-hearted and it's always so like fabulous to be in someone's presence who shares that passion, you know? So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And, you know, um, I kind of wanted to go back a little bit in my journey because I actually became Zenashe because I had a desire to escape. Mm -hmm. I um, was, well, I still am a high school teacher, and that can be an extremely stressful job. <laughs> <laughs> so I was looking to escape from the stress that I was feeling all the time. And, and so I began to write more. I began, I'd always been a journaler, but I began to write more. I began to perform more. And I actually created a business, you know, about putting on events. Because mm -hmm. I wanted people to have somewhere to come and escape. I wanted them to be able, yes. one of our slogans was leave the outside outside. <laughs> and, and when you come in, you're coming into this space where you can laugh, where you can let down your hair, where you can mm -hmm. breathe, where you can just get out of your normal mode of, of thinking about bills and responsibilities and just enjoy yourself for two or three hours, you know, and, and I found that so refreshing, so um, uplifting, inspiring, motivating, you know, so that was something that kind of helped me to stay on my job. Yes. <laughs> Not want to quit because we're, we're going through the great retirement, the great resignation right now. Mm -hmm. Right. So, I wanted to kind of start with that um, about what does escape mean to you? And then why do you think that there are a lot of people right now that are feeling this really big push mm -hmm. to escape? Because like I said, we are in this thing that people are calling the great resignation. Mm -hmm. Well, first, I want to say kudos to you for teaching high school. That is a calling that is something I could never do. I would last for about 30 minutes. Mm. And I don't even know if those 30 minutes I'd be in the same room with the students. <laughs> so I think part of that would be me trying to run. And I'm not a good runner down uh, the hall to tell the principal, I quit, I quit, I quit. 
So I, I feel like um, I loved what you said about being able to be Zen Ashe so that you can do this calling that you know with these students, because I can just tell by your smile, you're touching their lives in a way, and it makes me um, tear up. I'm sorry, I am sensitive, but when people are doing what they're called to do, like you, in both facets, I'm not just saying as a teacher, I feel that that is our greatest gift to mankind, that we are the examples, um, like exuding the light, maybe is the right way to say it. And I'm sorry, I do talk with my hands, so maybe I should oh, relax. But, but that you are, you are shining your light on those students and not just on educating. I believe you're, you're touching their lives much deeper. I can just tell by your energy. And then knowing enough, to know, I love it, your alter ego, that in order to stay, remain happy and present and focused and be able to give that gift in a career that I believe, and please um, don't take offense, but in our country, I feel like we're not paying you enough, okay? So here you have this beautiful gift with a very needed, necessary calling where you're not being, you're not being valued you're not being paid the way I think you should be. What else? Uh, give me a minute to get the words. Sometimes they don't come fast. Uh, thanked. Okay, the rest is not coming, so I'll just let it go. But do you understand what I'm saying? So kudos to you for A, doing that, but B, to know that you had to fuel your soul in my opinion, and maybe those aren't the words you would pick, but like to fuel your soul so that you could do that Monday through Friday, what, August through June with a smile on your face and then do everything else that makes you really um, shine from the inside out, give you plenty of energy, um, motivate you to get up on the Monday morning in the dead of winter. I don't know. I don't like cold, but you know, to go to that classroom and, and sometimes being wearing a mask, you know what I mean? Like that to me is claustrophobic, but that is such an amazing thing. And I truly uh, feel blessed and honored to be in your presence and that you're able to do that because that's exactly what I, I almost said preach, but teach and maybe preach at times because I do get overly excited, but it we have to, um, so I think the question was escape. For me, escape is freedom. And I think you used that word when you were speaking too. You also spoke of limitations. I call it um, conformity. Mm -hmm. So it, for me, it's the conformity trap. Those limitations that are put on, oh, Zanesia, as a teacher, you should, I was a yoga instructor. Why are you wearing makeup? <laughs> because that's who I am. I came from the fashion industry. I love red lipstick and false eyelashes. I don't go anywhere without them. You know, over the years, stress and my hormones made me lose my eyebrows. So I need my eyebrow pencil too. But you know what I'm saying? But, you know, no yoga teacher wears makeup. No mm. yoga teacher wears red lipstick. Well, I'm different you know, and I celebrate that. I don't want to be trapped by those limitations or the conformity. I believe we live in a world that begs us to conform. As a woman of a certain age, Gina, you should mm. look like, a, 
Here's a quick story. My daughter is Guatemalan. We adopted her as an infant. She was six and a half months old. We brought her home to America. Our son is biological. He's almost four years older. And I went to my daughter's school, my son and daughter's school, but this was her kindergarten holiday party. And I had short hair, a little bit different though, but short hair. She came home and she was so upset. What's the matter, Sonia? She said, they all told me you look like a boy. I said, who told you I look like a boy? You know, the kids in my class said, you look like a boy because you have short hair. You should be long hair. You know, she was in a Spanish English school. A lot of Latino moms there had long and a lot of American moms. There was all different ethnicities, but they had long hair. And I didn't conform to the idea that at my age as a mom, I should have long hair. And it was funny because by the time she was in eighth grade at the same school with the same children, she told me that the kids saw me and they thought I looked cool. Because <laughs> so, I mean, obviously their their idea of what was uh, ideal for a mom to look like changed or grew. Um, but those limitations they're put on us, and I feel like it's our your my job to teach people to escape them, leave them behind. They are limiting. They are restricting. They are confining. They um, keep us from what I would say is being who we were born to be. Hmm. You know, I think you're as unique as your fingerprint. I tell children that all the time, not just mine. If I'm in years ago, when I taught paddleboard yoga to a few little kids, I would always say, look at your fingerprint. You, nobody has the same, you know, and why should we believe that we have to do something else, you know? Um, so peer pressure, societal norms, limitations, I call it conformity. Same, like to me, they're kind of in the same basket. I don't know if you would agree. I agree. I agree. Um, I wrote a memoir um, that was released uh, for Valentine's Day, and it was kind of my love letter to the world. And um, a big part of the memoir is about me shedding all of these, um, as you said, societal norms, the peer pressure, Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just the messages about what I should be as a black woman, as a woman of a certain age, as you mentioned, you know, even down to there's a part in the book where I actually go natural. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I had gone natural before I wrote the book, but, you know, my hair is all crinkly and I've got it braided right now on the side. But even doing something like this at one time was, no, you have to get your hair relaxed. It has to be permed. It has to be straight. Otherwise, you're not professional. Uh, And that whole idea of I can't, this is how my hair grows out of my head. It grows out curly. And mine's the complete um, opposite. So that there was a freedom, there was an escape. Yeah. And me not having to sit and put chemicals on my head that would sometimes burn my scalp and leave even scabs in my scalp for a few days to straighten my hair. Now, all I do is put, you know, a couple of spritzes of oil on my hair and go, you know, I don't have to burn my scalp for it to be straight. Um, And that was freedom, that was escape. And it was definitely, when you do escape from those societal pressures, yeah, there is such a feeling of of authenticity and freedom and even self-love. You know, so my whole book was about shedding 
one after another, all of these different societal norms. Like one of the things that I mentioned in the first chapter was I was raised that as a, as a young lady, you're a rose, oh. this rose here, and you have petals. Petals are your, basically your virginity. If you give oh. yourself to a man, he's pulling off these petals. And so you don't want to give yourself until you're married because you want your husband to have this intact rose. And so when I got divorced, I felt <laughs> like I have nothing to give. Even I'm this whole human being, right. I'm no longer a virgin, I have nothing to give. Yeah. And my first lesson that I learned after getting divorced was I'm not a rose. I'm the whole damn bush, you know. <laughs> I'm a garden. Um, I, I actually am a growing human being who is much more than my virginity. Right. And, and the bush keeps growing. Nobody told me. I mean, because right. I was always told the opposite, that I needed to be this virginal creature. Otherwise, yeah. I had no value. You know, right. it was like either you're the Madonna or you're the whore. You know what I'm saying? You're either this pristine yeah. woman or you're just the slut. And, and so realizing that, no, I'm, I'm not either one. I'm not a virgin anymore and I'm not a slut anymore. I'm not, well, I never was a slut, (laughs) you know, the, the whole idea is it's my body and I can choose what I'm going to do with it. And I can choose who I feel is worthy of it. Mm -hmm. And every time I have a sexual partner, that doesn't make me less of a human being. Right. You know, so that was a, a message because basically it was like one and done and you're, you, you have this one sexual partner and then your value is gone, you know, you're dead. Yeah, and, and <laughs> Never so, going to bloom again. Right? Right, yeah. You know, coming up as um, I, I, I was raised as a Catholic for about Me 14 too. years of my life. Yeah. And that was the messaging that I got. I mean, I mm-hmm. can't speak for other Catholics, but that yeah. was the messaging that I got. So that was very demoralizing. Sure. As a young girl, as a woman, even getting divorced mm-hmm. and realizing I don't have to believe that anymore. I can actually value myself on my accomplishments, on my character, yes. you know, on my on my the goodness and generosity I have. I'm fulfilling my purpose in the world. I can value myself on so many more things right. than whether I'm a virgin or not. Yeah, exactly. you know. Because, I mean, I'm a mom. I I had two kids by the time I got divorced. So, you know, that ship has sailed. That is is beautiful. I never heard of it explained that way. I'm Catholic also. And, you know, but to be able to realize you are the rose bush and you're just always evolving and growing and blooming and... Mm -hmm. And you have more than one flower on that, you know, and seasons come and seasons go. And there are times where I think as that rose bush, we feel super strong and full of florals. And then like 2020 hits and people like me who love to be connected with humans, I felt like my rose bush needed more water and more sunshine, you know. But yeah, it's it is. Um, I mean, it made me sad to listen to your story, but delighted to hear the ending because that's what it's all about. And it's never too late for us to talk about it, bring a voice to it in whatever way, shape or form. I haven't written a book, but that's phenomenal. Um, And to give others, I like to say, I'm here to shine a light and give you a different way of thinking of things. And if it works, great, if not, 
it doesn't, right? You know, not everybody has to think the way I do, um, but that is brilliant. That is so brilliant. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, <sighs> yeah, that, that was the first lesson that I put in my book. Every chapter, there's 26 chapters. Yeah. So every chapter actually has a lesson. So every every chapter ends with a lesson that I write at the bottom of the chapter so people can, you know, see what lesson I learned. So that was my first lesson. Love it. So how did you come up with the business name Exquisitely Aligned? What, what is that about? Yeah. So um, for more than a decade, I taught yoga. I, I've done been lucky. Well, maybe from my parents' standpoint, not so lucky. But for me, I dabbled in a bunch of different things. I went to school for fashion. I was a department store buyer. Loved what I did, but it was a very backstabbing um, business, the fashion industry, um, which is not who I am and it didn't feel comfortable. So over the years, I did a bunch of different things. But as a young mom, well, as a not, I wasn't young. My kids were young. As a mom with young kids is what I need to say. I started practicing yoga for myself. And very quickly, I read a book. I was reading a ton of yoga books. And one of which said, if you want to learn something more, go ahead and teach it. Right. So, because people are going to ask you questions that maybe sometimes you weren't prepared for. I don't know that that happened to you, but it definitely happened to me on the yoga mat. And so I told my husband, I want to teach yoga. He's like, okay, great. Do what you got to do, figure it out. I support you. And so I did. And for me, the yoga was um, you didn't have to go deep, you didn't have to be super flexible or super strong. But if you were in alignment, on the in the pose, that's when all the health benefits happen. That's when the meridians for Chinese medicine would open. That's when the muscles and ligaments would work perfectly. Maybe your spine moves to where it should have been instead of where it was because you tripped last week over a, a I don't know, a toy. You know what I mean? Or we're in a car accident. So for me, alignment was extremely key during that whole, I don't know, 17 years, whatever. And then um, exquisite and exquisitely are is a word that I've always been attracted to. For me, it's like um, being, let's see, uh, special beauty or charm or something magnificent. And so as I was revamping my business, because I did a little re re turn the ship a little bit. So the parent company is Blissed Out Fit and Feisty, which is who I am. And um, I had uh, health, uh, I, I got hit in the head with a hard ball in a swimming pool unexpectedly in the back of my head in March of 2020 while on a vacation in Mexico. And it kind of changed my health story in a big way. Um, it, it's a very long, boring story, but it knocked my alignment out in my spine and kind of twisted me some. I ended up with a frozen shoulder and I just recently had my hip replaced, which was a major surgery. But in that, I realized how quickly, like our alignment, not just on the yoga mat, is so important. Exquisitely uh, um, is more of finding that path like you did to how do I, I want to stay a teacher this is what I know I have a gift to do. And I've touched so many lives and they've told me that. So I know it's a calling, but I want to do something else that really fuels me up. And it's not usually about the money. And I would probably say 
It's not about the money for you. It's about the sheer joy that comes, you know, um, from you. And I heard one of your stories, um, I guess it was a podcast. I don't know which episode, but I could hear that the guy was like, that was phenomenal when you came off stage. I think it was your first time and, and just the feedback. And that was, that's like money, right? It's not cash, but it's the fuel. It's, it's what makes us sparkle. And so I realized that in 2020 with, with this head injury kind of going downhill, my, not a head injury, but my health going downhill and the world changing so quickly that really what I wanted to focus on is this form of escaping. And what are we escaping conformity from being the people pleaser, the nice girl? I call her Nora. Nora is a blend of many of my clients and for nice, but Nora, I, I did it. I, I don't know, you may have too, where we feel like we have to fit in right? You were talking about straightening your hair, me calming down, sometimes like trying not to wear the clothing I wanted to wear or wear a little less bright lipstick to like tone it down, you know, um, tried my hair a little longer. And I was like, no, that's not who I am, you know? And then I went to the other side, becoming the rebel, like, this is ridiculous. I'm not going to fit in. I know I never fit in. I'm not going to try. I am a, what is it? A square in a circle or, a, you know what I mean? The peg in yeah, the right. wrong shape. That mm -hmm. is who I am. That's who I'm going to be. And I'm going to try to win others over. So then I became like Rachel, the rebel, right? And neither of them work because you end up tired here. And when, when you're people pleasing, you feel like a doormat. You're you feel less than who you're supposed to be. And so it was finally, to give you a little history, back in 2009, that Thanksgiving, my husband received a kidney and a liver transplant on the heels, well, after eight and a half months of dialysis and on the heels of adopting our daughter, who was at the time two now, she became two and my son was in kindergarten. And I was like a crazy woman because I was praying essentially for someone to die so that he could live and my kids could have a father and I could have a husband, which is so sick to even say out loud to you. But you that's essentially what you're waiting for is for someone, an organ donor to pass so that he could live. And 2020 hit and this head injury. And I was like, you know what? I'm advocating constantly for this better life, for my husband to live, for me to come back to my health, which I have. And then I was realizing, so exquisite alignment for me, the long answer is it's when we choose ourselves. We no longer look to be, get the attention from our family or the approval from our spouse or our, our boss or um, the acknowledgement from, I don't know, from our industry or our neighborhood. We finally just go within and we look for, uh, you know, you said limitations. So we release the limitations and we go towards our possibilities and our truths, our desires, and our gifts. So the three keys that I teach and feel are the foundation of how to be like the way you found yourself. You were like, hey, I have a gift. I have a passion. I think you said it was a passion of yours from a young age. And maybe you said 
somebody said like you can't make money or you can't have a career writing or something mm -hmm. well sure you can you know what i mean like you certainly can you know it's do you want a career in that go for it like i always say to my kids sure you could be a doctor a policeman a fireman a I don't know, an attorney, but there are, there is a world out there of things that I don't even know that, a you know, you could be a podcaster. You could be like, I'll never forget the day my daughter said we were eating in a restaurant. My husband almost spit out his drink. Um, I want to be a YouTuber. And my mm -hmm. husband's like, wait, what? No, you can't. And I was like, no, tell me more because she speaks two languages. She's very creative. She loves to dance. She could totally be a pod, uh, a YouTuber, you know, and I, and she loves kids. She's only 16, but this was when she was like 12. And of course, yes, every 12 year old wants to be a YouTuber, but there are, it is possible. And I said to my husband, you know what? We are so old that we don't even know the, the, the circle of, careers out there. And if that what makes her smile and brings her joy, go for it. Try it, right? What can you lose? Um, just make well, sure you're not living in my house when you're 30. No. Right? <laughs> well, disclaimer. Yeah. That's very true. Um, and, and I like what you said about coming back to yourself and being true to yourself, you know, because we at least when I was being raised, we weren't, us was not important. Everybody else was important. <laughs> and and, you and you're trained so much, especially as a woman, that your job is to serve. Your job <laughs> is to be the helper. Your job is to, if, if you be quiet. get married, yeah, be quiet. Right. Yeah. If you get married, if you go to college, you find your husband, you get married, you have kids, you're going to be happy. You're going to be fulfilled because you're giving of yourself. <laughs> and you were, you know, and, and being again raised in a religious um, background, the whole idea that Eve was created as the helper, that's her only purpose. Like she has no <laughs> dreams, no goals of her own. She's just there to help. That's it. <laughs> you know, um, and, and so that was kind of pushed um, on me. And then I did get married. I did have kids. And of course, there's joy in being a wife and there's joy in being a mom. But then you also do have your own goals and dreams. And, you know, and, and once my kids became 18, I, I had the, the idea, hey, I've raised you. Now, I'm always going to be your mother. I'm always mm -hmm. going to be there for you. I'm always going to support you. I'm always, you know, my door is always open. But it's my turn now. <laughs> I have to say, I've invested 18 years of my life in you. So mm -hmm. now what do I want to do? You're right. getting, you know, like you're going off to college, you're moving out, you know, you're deciding what you want to do. So what do I want to do now? And, and how am I going to find my peace and my joy and my fulfillment? So I began to look and basically look at myself. What, what have I loved? What have I wanted to do? What are my goals? And again, you saying, how can I validate myself? Okay, I'm going to feel good when I accomplish this or just even even if I don't even accomplish it, just stepping out of my comfort zone mm -hmm. and going for it is something to be proud of because we don't always accomplish every single goal. Some goals change, mm -hmm. you know, some goals we realize I don't really want that. I, I, I went on that journey and no, nah, that's not <laughs> for me. So, you know, kind of like when you said the long hair, I'm going to try the long hair. 
that was a goal of yours and you're like no this doesn't feel right you know so but giving yourself that 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 alignment and then always checking in with yourself you know i have to check in with myself i've done a lot of changing in the last eight years um my kids are going to be 27 so it's nine years since they turned 18 but but it kind of took me a year to kind of decide what i was going to do i guess you could say and then i stepped out and i started doing a lot of things a whole lot of things my whole life has changed in eight years Mm -hmm. um but then there were times when i had to sit back down because my life was running away <laughs> and i had to kind of wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute let me, let me come back it's like i've got 50 million projects going on and let me breathe for a second Whew. let me let me just stop for a second let me let me adapt to all this change mm-hmm. so, and there were times when um again talking about alignment sometimes you begin certain things and then mm-hmm. you have to tweak it and adjust it and prove yes. it and and kind of bring it back a little bit pull back on this or let that go but pull this back on this so i found myself having to do that and also learning how to rest because yes. I had to shed some of these thought processes sometimes it takes time for that new you to feel like you because mm-hmm. you're so used to being the people pleaser that mm-hmm. when you start to say no, you feel like, am I mean? <laughs> isn't isn't it funny that we think that? Isn't it funny to like to say no? I, you know, and I've, I tell people, you don't even have to give a disclaimer. No, I'm too busy. It, no, no is enough. No, thank you. You know, is what I usually try to say. Isn't it sad that we feel like that? Because I think when you were saying about being a mom, it's like 24 seven, right? It's just never, you're busy, even when you're sleeping, you're making a grocery list, you're thinking, how will they, I get the kids from here to there, and, and then have enough time to maybe go to the bathroom along the way, or fill up my water bottle, right? It's, I think that's, I just think we're, we were taught Yes, as a woman, 24-7, you are to take care of other people. Good luck. <laughs> you know, like, no, <laughs> I saw this video, um, and I actually got into a debate on Facebook with a gentleman, and this woman said, our grandmothers, some of them had five kids, and mm. some of them worked two jobs, mm. and they got up before everybody. They went to bed after everybody. Um, they were the, the most tired person in the household. And we just saw that as what moms do, what grandmothers right. do. And we never asked, well, why didn't she have more help? Or why was it all on her? And then there are men that they look at that as the pedestal. Mm-hmm. My grandmother, my mom had two jobs, raised five kids. And they're looking at the women now who say, I don't want to have two jobs and raise five kids. You know, I don't want to do that. Uh, And they're looking at that as being spoiled rather than Mm -hmm. looking at it as that was survival. And that's what it took at that point. But now we have a better choice and we don't necessarily have to have a life that is that hard like their life was. We can honor them. We can be grateful to them. We can give them all the flowers that we can give them, especially if they're still here. But Mm -hmm. our lives don't have to replicate that. And that doesn't make us bad people. 
that many women are saying, and even many men are saying, you know, my dad never complained. He went to work and he never, I mean, all he got was socks on Father's Day, you know, (laughs) or a tie. And I want more than that. I want to, I want to go fishing when I go, want to go fishing. I want to go hang out with the boys. My dad never did any of that because he was Mm -hmm. always working or sleeping, you know? So I think that we have Mm -hmm. to, as men and women say, okay, we have to come back to ourselves. Like you were saying, we have to find uh, peace and joy within ourselves. And then we also have to feel like the bar doesn't have to be superwoman or Superman, that that is not where the bar is. We can have our goals, have our dreams, have our ways that we want to live our life, but we don't have to kill ourselves doing it. Well, I can go a little deeper. I didn't speak. I don't think we mentioned, we talked about attention, acknowledgement and approval, but we didn't talk about roles and rules. Like, in, mm-hmm. I, well, we could do that or we could skip it. It's up to you. No, no, I feel no, like, I, 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 okay. I like roles and rules. I definitely okay. like them. <laughs> well, I think we good. don't, we, we like them and don't like them. We like them in the classroom because they keep up, right? So do you want to ask me the question or should I just start? What do you, what do you prefer? Well, you know, when you say roles and rules, I, I'm thinking of, I have many roles that I play. Yes. And there may be rules that people want to feel that I need to abide by when I go into those roles. And again, like you were talking about, moms don't have short hair. You know, that might be a rule that somebody wants to put on you, but you don't have to accept that rule to be effective in that role. Mm -hmm. You can um, decide what roles you want to play and then Mm -hmm. what rules you want to abide by. So that's yes. kind of what came to my mind, but um, I exactly. would definitely like to hear what you want to say on that. Yes, and I agree exactly with you. Um, I believe that we w- we were talking about, you know, how your hair should look to be, I think you used the word professional, right? And then, right, my hair should look a certain way because I'm a mommy, you know, and, and mommies look like this, you know, they should have long ha- flowing hair. Well, no, my hair is not long. It's never going to be. Um and I feel like the minute we're born, we are like, I see us as an infant, uh, excuse me, not an infant, a newborn is probably the only time in our lives that we very easily act like ourselves. We, nobody teaches us how to coo. Nobody teaches us how to cry. We just simply naturally get what we want by cooing or by crying, you know, like burp me, feed me, rock me to sleep. And then all of a sudden, I think when we start realizing that we can make grandma, grandpa, mom, dad, siblings uh, laugh by doing something silly or by making a face or, you know, we they make us giggle, then they giggle harder and then, you know, like peekaboo or a temper tantrum of a toddler, you know, and we go on this journey of, oh, okay, so it's fun to get the attention, the approval and the acknowledgement from these people, the school teacher, the teen peers. And then we start filling in these roles of you're a female, you know, you're a female of a certain descent or your, your last name, or you're, you're a female of mommy and daddy who are whatever stature or um, degree or, you know, and sure. I want my kids to behave age appropriate, you know, and I want them to respect their teachers and be good citizens. But also there are going to be times where they don't quite fit 
the roles that we want them to be either and the rules that are, you know, you can't see, but there's a window to my right. I always point out like that's the world, you know, because it's not right my window. But, um, you know, the world asks us to be a woman of a certain age, a woman of a certain color, a woman of a certain uh, husband, you know what I mean? Like, oh, well, you're whatever. And it's hard. It's restricting. And I think we become resentful. I don't know. I'm speaking for myself. I became resentful at times. Like, I, I don't have to be that, you know, and I don't, I didn't want to have five kids. I married a man. I'm still married to him. There are days I'd like to get rid of him and get a, a younger version is what I tell him, a newer model. Oh my God, you're limping again. Can I have a newer model? No, you know, <laughs> he's suffering with gout. I know I'm really nice, aren't I? But the truth is it's like, Mark, you got to get that gout under control. You can't be limping like this so many times during the year. But anyway, um, you know, I think that it we do become frustrated, resentful. We might even become sad. I think a lot of us feel alone. That's a word that's been coming through on um, a lot of interviews that I've done recently is because we don't want to complain, right? Because great grandma did have five kids, left the house at 3 a.m. and arrived home at 3.30 a.m. and left the house again at 3 a.m. But the math doesn't work, you know? And my dad went uphill both directions. Well, that's a problem, dad. You were probably not going to the right house. You know, I remember like <laughs> saying, how could that be? Like, I don't understand where you went. You should be coming down, you know? And I mean, my dad's a hard worker. My mom worked her butt off too in the home raising us. But, you know, she sometimes would say, well, nobody helped me clean. Your father didn't help me clean. Well, I've asked my husband to help me clean because I know he has roles that help us pay the mortgage and whatever and feed us, put food on the table. But there are times where I just couldn't do it all myself, bottom line. And I think that we sometimes as women and maybe men too, certain men, it's hard for us to ask for help. And we think we have to carry everything and do all the heavy lifting ourselves. And I don't think that's true. My kids clean bathrooms. You know, they one time said, why can't we have a cleaning lady? I said, well, remember that vacation we just went on for spring break? Well, that's the cleaning lady money. So we could have a cleaning because she was going on and on. My friends have cleaning ladies. I was like, well, that's lovely. Did they get to go to away on spring break? You know, I have only so much money and I'd rather not have a cleaning lady. I'd rather we all clean and then we could go on a family vacation, you know? And I think that's like, how would you say, breaking the rules of, well, no, you hire a cleaning lady. No, I can't afford a cleaning lady. You know, you're looking at her and my son and daughter and occasionally my husband, because he's not the best cleaner. Don't tell him that. He has a, <laughs> we're like, you need to go back to the eye doctor. Your prescription's not clear enough. You miss the dust, honey. But um, I think it's sad when we feel so, um, what's the word? So much pressure, uh, what you used the word before, like those limitations of, you have to fit in this box, Gina. You have to play by the rules, Enoshe, because this is 
what you're, you do as my daughter or as a woman or as my wife. And it, um, I think it's tiring. I don't know. That's the word I would use. Exhausting. And I've seen through some yoga students years ago, you know, you were, you were saying you, you asked yourself, what would I like to do? What could I do? And I, I asked some women that years ago when I was in my early mid thirties, you know, they'd say, oh, my kids are out of the house. I don't know, you know, I said, well, what do you, would you like to do? I don't know. And I, I was like dumbfounded. What do you mean? You don't know. And they just felt so disconnected. Like that thread of who am I was so um, unwound that they didn't even know. And I said, well, that's your homework. You need to go home, start thinking about when you were a little girl, what things you couldn't do. And I had one student, she was young and she said, my parents couldn't afford for me to learn how to ice skate. And so uh, as an adult, being a single person, I think she was in her early 30s, she was making enough money that she could afford. And so she would skate. I was like, yes. And she's like, listen, I'm not going to the Olympics, but I do this, that, and, you know, twirl. And she had beautiful outfits. And I was like, oh, you know, it. I was like, that's what it's about, you know? You know, the things that give us escape, you know, sometimes we do forget and we forget what was important to us before society put all of these uh, goals and restrictions and limitations mm -hmm. and expectations on mm -hmm. us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the things when I got divorced, trying to figure out who I was and what I wanted, that was like mm -hmm. my first priority. Like, mm -hmm. what do I want? I'm not going to come home and make dinner for my husband <laughs> and my kids every day. So mm -hmm. what do I want? Do I even want to cook? Do I want to just live on soup and sandwiches right now? Do I want to live on cereal right now? And I mean, so for six months, I didn't do very much cooking. I might have cooked like once or twice, you know, a week. And I used to cook sometimes three times a day, you know. So even just giving yourself permission to do something like not cook. You know, mm -hmm. um, when you're so used to doing it and you're so it, it's part of your routine or mm -hmm. let me go back to the gym. I haven't been in a while or let me go hang out at the park, you know, yes. just for me, not because I'm taking kids to play, but just because mm -hmm. I want to sit on a bench and I want to read a book, you mm -hmm. know, um, or I want to take myself to the movies. A lot of women um, are uncomfortable doing things by themselves. And, mm -hmm. and I, I haven't gotten up the courage to travel by myself, but I do lots of things by myself. Yeah. You know, I go to the theater by myself, go out to eat by myself, you know, and, and then again, pampering yourself. You know, sometimes there are women that, and men, who they will get dolled up for someone else, mm -hmm. but they won't go get a pedicure or a manicure just for themselves, just because they want to feel good and beautiful. You know, right. but why is why are they worth it? But you're not worth it. You know, so right because I we look in the mirror, right? My kids, when we had to wear masks when it was mandatory, they would be like, "Why are you wearing your red lipstick, mom?" By the time you take off the mask, it's like here, you know. And I said, "I wear it for me because it's like wearing a bra and underwear. I feel naked without it." And when I pass the mirror in my house, I still want to recognize who I am. And I agree with you. It, I um, 
have traveled like to a destination to meet up with other people. I have not gone on a vacation by myself yet in my life. I always think it's better to be the buddy system just in case for some reason, you know, it, it gives you an extra set of eyes and ears. But I also feel like when we do things by ourselves, like get a manicure or, or um, go to dinner or a movie or a theater, we open ourselves up to meeting other people. Like I'm, I'm imagining with that smile and your, your sparkly eyes that you may have started the night or afternoon by yourself, but I'm imagining people talk to you. Am I right? It does happen quite a bit, you know, and, and now that I am more visible yeah. in terms of on social media and things like that, I've run into a lot of people that are like, I know you from somewhere. I think I saw you on TikTok. <laughs> or I saw you on Facebook or I saw you perform. So yeah. that is something that I I don't know why I never expected that to happen. Never expect it never even crossed my mind that that would happen. But that has happened quite a bit. It happened to me like actually just two days ago. I love it. Um so I you know went somewhere by myself in the city. I know you. Where do I know you from? I was like it is freeing you know um to me we were talking about at the very beginning escape being freedom giving yourself the freedom to explore yes who you are yeah. what your life can be where your mm -hmm. life can go you know so many of us we think oh i'm too old for that why do you think that as long as you're above ground Oh, yes. And I mean, we're breathe if you're breathing and you're able yeah. to move or able to, you don't even listen, I got a hip replacement four months ago, and I couldn't move, I still could get on a camera, I still could talk on the phone, you know, you still could invite people over, I didn't because my house was really dusty, because I couldn't vacuum them up. But you know, we now it's so easy to connect with people. And not just in our village you know our city but around the world mm -hmm. and you're making me like uh, i love it i was making like oh did they ask you for your autograph can i get a selfie with you, you know? <laughs> yeah that has not the autograph but the selfie has <laughs> happened um or you know some people there there's been interesting things where i was vending i vend because i have products and things that i sell and there have been people that'll come up and they'll say Oh, somebody bought this for me. You made this? And then I'm like, yeah, I actually made this. Who bought it for you? Well, my best friend, my cousin, my sister. Yeah, you know, yeah. Oh my gosh. You know, I get to meet the person. Who, and I'm, you know, like I have a guided journal. So a lot of times they're yeah. talking about the guided journal or the memoir. Yeah. You know, like, I love it, man. You know, so that's really exciting. That that's and again, I will say this. One thing about taking a step out of your comfort zone, and I tell everybody this, take the first step. Because you never know where the, that first step is going to lead you. It can lead you to a whole new life. Mm -hmm. now, I know that you decided to, you decided you were enjoying yoga just as yeah. a mom, just doing mm -hmm. it for yourself. And then it led you to a whole new life. Oh, absolutely. Same thing with me, I was a person who loved poetry. I loved to write it. Then I started to perform it. Then mm -hmm. that led to me doing shows. Then when all the shows closed down, everybody was like, you have a great voice. You should do a podcast. What's a podcast? I had never <laughs> right. a podcast. Never. I had no idea what a podcast was. Mm -hmm. I literally took a podcast in class and started a podcast and I had never listened to one. I love it. <laughs> but, you know, I had this idea 
yeah. about let's go A to Z with tools for self-development. Let's mm-hmm. have people come on and tell their story. Mm-hmm. Let them pick the topic that they want to talk about. You know, so I'm going to put up 10 topics. Let them pick the topic. We'll see where the conversation goes and we'll just learn from each other. Mm-hmm. And, and it's top 10% globally. And then that led to me doing a guided journal that led to mm-hmm. the memoir that led to me vending. So it was like one thing that freed me mm-hmm. led to all these other things that freed me even more. And ultimate freedom coming up, I'm actually, I was planning on years ago. When I first started teaching, I planned to work till 65. Like pretty much everybody does yeah. as a teacher. Because that's the rule and role that you agree. Right. Now, you committed to that, right? When you were born? I committed to that in my head. <laughs> years ago, I started realizing this is not going to happen. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm not going to be able to make it to 65. I'm, I'm burnt out. I'm stressed out. And that's when I started looking for avenues to get rid of the stress, to yeah. free myself. Mm-hmm. And then I found performing. And then this January, I'm actually going to retire. So I'm gonna at retire. 49? Good for you. Woo! I'm retire at fi- I'll be 52. No, I said I'm 49. <laughs> You're giving me those three extra years. But I mean, <laughs> me taking that step to perform and then all these other steps that I've taken has basically opened up a door where now I have a business yeah. and I can switch from being an employee in a job that is super stressful, right. that has begun to become more and more and more and more limiting every day Yes. Um, to now... I can go into my business full time in mm-hmm. January and, and see where that leads. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just encouraging people to just take that first step of, like you said, exquisite alignment, being mm-hmm. through yourself and believing in yourself and, and pushing yourself forward, you know, stepping out of your comfort zone. You know, so, so I know that you have- Wait, hold on. One more thing. Because oh, you said you were going to say, well, congratulations and kudos for you, to you. But you were saying, I wrote down, see what unfolds, or you said, see what happens. I forgot the, the exact words, but the sentiment. And what I'm going to say is, what I see for you is that you're, able, you're going to be able to touch so many more lives. Mm-hmm. And so although you've been touching lives in such an amazing way and inspiring high school students, which again, I could never even imagine doing. But now you're gonna be doing it like a hundredfold, just simply because you were able to take the risk and step out of what was comfortable. And for me, that is exactly the, like you are the exquisitely aligned woman. And I, I, my belief is the exquisitely aligned woman or man, because men can also make this choice is the greatest force for good in our world today. And that's how I see you. So it's been like super fun being in your presence because that's, that's exactly what exquisitely aligned is. Zen Ashay. There we go. Thank you. Equals. So I know that um, I I just put on the screen, you know, for people who um, are looking at this, um, on Facebook now, or we'll see mm-hmm. it on the replay, um, or we'll see it when I cut it into clips and they'll see this. 
Um, so your website is exquisitelyaligned.com mm -hmm. and then you do have a LinkedIn and you have your Facebook at Gina visit Gina Vincent exquisitely aligned. Mm -hmm. So um, I just wanted to kind of for you to tell people, you know, what you have, what you offer, sure. you know, if they wanted to reach out to you through these methods. Mm -hmm. So um, I have on my website, you can go read a little bit more about me. If you're like me, a visual person, you can listen more about me because I made a video so you don't have to read. So sometimes my attention span for reading, especially on a computer or a phone is very short. But um, on there, I'll tell you about the journey to, you know, what is exquisitely alignment, exquisite alignment, if you want more information. But also on there, there is a free 40-minute, um, uh, I don't want to call it a webinar, but it's more of a, a sharing of the three keys to living exquisitely aligned or to live the life you were born to live. So that's one of the tabs on there and you can get that free. I work with women and men, but most majority are women and they are at a point in their life where they are wondering what's next. And they usually are somebody who's been on a spiritual journey along with a self-help journey and nothing is working because I believe about 90% of self-help doesn't work because it is geared towards what worked for someone. For me, I like to advocate for the unlived life, the one that you found for yourself, the one that you're going full-time, what did you say, in January. And um, that's what I do. So I teach people how to escape the one-size-fits-all, and then I advocate for them as they're going through that journey. You said about um, all of a sudden it, it kind of snowballs and gets really fast and you have to break, come back, put on the brakes. There are some times I think your, your husband was no longer in the picture, but maybe your kids may have been like, mom, what are you doing? Like, and not with mom, what are you doing? I'm excited for you. They were like, mm, no, I don't think you should do that. That's not what my mom does. You know, and I don't want to um, pick on your children, but I know sometimes for so long, our kids, my son is 20, my daughter is 16. No, mom, you were like this. No, I've shifted, right? And I've I've transcended and now I'm not that person anymore. So no, that's not what I, that's not how I think or that's not what I want to do. And we sometimes get a little, uh, what's the word? Not restriction, but uh, backlash mm. from people we love. And it could be in the office. It could be in our home. It could be our friends. Like, what the hell do you think you're doing, Gina? I I heard your podcast and no, 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 no. Don't talk like this, you know. But, um, you know, so that's how I advocate. I work one-on-one -on -one with people usually for three months because it's not a overnight process. I think you would agree with that. It's a lot of trying things like you were saying step outside that box come back and then what take what works or have a discussion with me so um i don't consider myself a coach i consider myself an advocate who meets you at your destination everything is based on you 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 your truths your gifts and your desires and um although we work over the camera because I, I i feel like it's better for me to see your smile um sometimes in person, depending on where they live, but um, I am available via text and phone all week long because I feel like it's not about coaching. It's not me cheering you on. It's me saying, heck yeah, I know what it's like. 
let's revisit, let's go back and let's tweak things, you know, because I think you might agree with me. For me, myself, sometimes I'm so close to what I'm doing that I can't see the whole picture. So I'll ask a best friend or I'll ask my husband and like for them, they like right here, this is what you missed, you know? And I'm like, oh, you know, it was right there. And how did I miss it? And so that's kind of how I like to work. I do have a, a, um, yeah. So it's called opening to possibilities. You were talking about limitations. This is an affordable everyday product. I'll speak quickly. But inside are 42 cards, it's a deck of 42 cards, each are different with a word. And then on the back is a statement and three questions that you could like you're talking about journaling. Um, I have a very fun client who uses it with her eight year old niece. She is not a mom herself, but she said it's a great way to start conversations that normally they wouldn't have. I have a teacher who uses it in her third with her third graders to uh, you probably know the words, but so that they can, it's a class or it's a skill set of how to connect to your feelings, mm. like your emotions that, you know, we use cell phones and we text and, and so I am feeling sad or I'm feeling excited and she uses that. So I've had husbands and wife use it over a glass of bubbly or water, mm. but anyway, you can find them on there as well. So thank you very much. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. And and I'll just show the audience, you know, I have my guided journal, which is called Energize Your Life, which is on Amazon. And it's it's a short journal. It's only about 25 topics. So every page is a different topic. You have five different types of journal prompts. And then I have my poetry prose memoir, which is actually called Plenty of Guppies and Other Dating Misadventures. That's the last seven years of my life. So that's a longer book. But that actually covers like how I transformed my life, how I became exquisitely aligned, how I found my truth, you know, yeah. who I was, what I wanted to do with myself. And, and then just all of the challenges along the way. So you actually go from the day I got divorced until <laughs> December 2021. And you get to go on the whole journey with me wow. of transformation, of, of realization, of revelation, of setbacks, you mm -hmm. know. So this is not very raw, not sugar-coated, but a lot of fun, a lot of interesting adventures because I have met a lot of interesting people along the way. So uh, it's very entertaining, um, kind of hard to believe at times, but, you know, they say truth is stranger than fiction. I love so it. So in, in this case, truth is stranger than fiction. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think it helps us realize that we're not alone. You know, when somebody is able to be that that uh, transparent and raw and say, hey, but look where I am now. I made it through, right? Then we can say, okay, um, I'm inspired. You know, I, I, I see there's light at the end of the tunnel. I, I'm following her journey and I see similarities, you know, in, in, you know, even that rose, I wrote that down because that was so, but you know what I mean? Like, and I think that that's what we need more of in the world is to be able to give a voice to all of those things. Everything is not peaches and cream every day, all day. Right, right. Well, I wanted to thank you for joining me and all the people that will listen to this, will watch this, will share this. Please like, share, subscribe. 
you know, listen to the other podcasts. There are about 89 other episodes out there about a lot of different topics, a lot of different guests. So definitely follow. You can also support on Patreon. Um, you can be a guest, you know, so reach out to me and become a guest. And may you walk in Zenergy. Have a great day. Zenashe, a newly divorced 43-year-old Southern woman, wanted a fresh start. She'd heard there were plenty of fish to choose from in the modern dating pond. What she discovered were plenty of guppies, exactly 101 of them. The result? A provocative, transparent, raw, and delightfully uncensored account of her experiences with the 101 men she encountered on her journey to find the one. In Plenty of Guppies, Zen spills all the tea on dating psychology, relationships, and self-discovery, while giving readers a rare glimpse into the life of an award-winning artist and best-selling author. The book is an enlightening narrative that explores gender roles and identity outside of societal expectations. Zen has written a refreshingly mature modern-day epic of online dating, layering her personal story with erotic poetic verses and passionate prose that frame her journey toward rebuilding a life as a single woman and adjusting to both an empty nest and boomeranging children. Thank you.